This is Sports Talk with Jack Wilson on News Talk 770, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Welcome back to Sports Talk with Jock. I'm Jock Wilson. Grey Cup 104. It is right around the corner. Four more sleeps. The Stamps and the Ottawa Red Blacks, they go on Sunday. Really looking forward to talking to our next guest here on Sports Talk with Jock because even though he wears Ryder green now, you got to think deep down there's still a little bit of red and white pride in the gene pool for John Murphy, the assistant general manager of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, because, John, your fingerprints are still all over this uh, Calgary team. Is there is there still a little bit of pride, even though you're wearing Ryder green now? Well, you know, uh, I've been asked that question uh, a lot in the last couple of weeks, uh, both on and off the, the record, and I, I told folks, you know, hey, uh, you know, any any uh, anything like that, I'm always glad to, you know, still associate myself with uh, those guys and uh, and the players that are there and the coaching staff and Hoff and the ownership uh, and everybody there. It was a great eight, nine years that I spent there, and I wish them the best this weekend. Uh, and uh, it'd be foolish, you know, I'd be lying. You know, if the, the Ryder fans are supposed to hate the Stampeders. <laughs> I'd be lying if I told anybody that, uh, that I could uh, – 100% root against them on Sunday. Uh, there'd be no benefit, you know, from it. Uh, so I wouldn't even try to pretend like I would. Uh, but I have a lot of good friends on the other side, too. As uh, I'm sure people have mentioned, mm-hmm. you know, the Ottawa Red Blacks are sort of like Calgary East. You know, Rick Campbell, Mark Nelson, Ike Charlton was a guest coach years ago. And I think there's five or six players, uh, most notably John Gott and Jamichael Dean, but also Khalil Payton. Uh, even Jeff Richards was in training camp. You know, with the Stampeders, so there's a, there's a lot of Stampeders both on uh, on both sides of it, and uh, I guess uh, one way or the other on. Uh come Monday morning, somebody wearing red and black is uh, going home happy. Isn't that the truth? Uh, break down the quarterbacking matchup for me, John, because, you know, you, you're a neutral guy now. So, you know, Henry Burris, a former Stampeder, and he's 41 years old. When he is on, he can definitely be on. Bo Levi Mitchell, I think we can all agree, the best young quarterback in the Canadian Football League. How do you see this matchup taking shape? You know, we got to see, you know, first and foremost, the second half of the season, uh, we were out there and uh, had a pretty good lead. In the first half uh, against the Ottawa Red Blacks at home, and uh, all of a sudden here comes Henry Burris off the bench for them and threw for darn near 250 yards and got him right back in the game and you know a field goal in overtime uh, by Tyler Krapinga won that game for us. But Henry put them in great position, uh, you know, to get back in that contest. And I think you've seen uh, kind of a little spark there, you know, even with losing you know Chris Williams and having to make some substitutions down the stretch. Uh, you know, Henry still has some fresh legs for a 41-year-old. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other thing that Ottawa has is now they have, you know, kind of two outs in this game as well. Like, uh, you know, they've always mentioned one of the strengths of Calgary was having, uh, you know, two quarterbacks no matter who it's been, and they still have two very fine quarterbacks there in Calgary. Well, now Ottawa has uh, the same thing. So, uh, you know, going into it, it's Henry versus Bo Levi. But uh, if there's an opportunity that either team – you know, gets in any trouble or were to suffer an injury, I still I still think this is a very very good football game. You know, come Sunday because you can throw the regular season records out. If you look in the last three years, Ottawa has given the Calgary Stampeders some of their better games, especially the road games. So now a neutral site game in Toronto, uh, you know, and both teams playing at their best. And I think really what they were able to overcome last week, uh, I expect Ottawa and Henry Burris to to perform equal or better than what most odds makers are giving him credit for. 
John Murphy, the assistant general manager of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, breaking down Grey Cup 104 for us here on the home of the Calgary Stampeders News Talk 770. And, and Murph, you know, the, the odds makers, you've already said, hey, they, they've got the Calgary Stampeders as a huge favorite. Ottawa is obviously a huge dog. That's okay because they're a nine-win team. Calgary, you know, with the playoff win is a 16-win team. So on paper, you're right. If you look at the records, this should be a one-sided affair. So let me ask you this question because you know both of these teams very, very well. What does Ottawa have to do to stop the juggernaut offense of the Calgary Stampeders? I think it's going to be, you know, where do you pick your poison? Uh, you know, a couple of years ago, you saw what Hamilton did. They loaded the box. They decided to take John Cornish out of the game. Uh, and to me, that was really the coming out party for Bo Levi Mitchell, mm-hmm. uh, you know, where he just, you know, went up and down the field in the first half, I think was 12 out of 16 or 14 out of 18. Uh, and it just took uh, the Hamilton Tiger Cats defense kind of, you know, got them on their toes. They, they weren't sure what to do. They weren't understanding how, uh, you know, they had kind of shut Cornish down, and at halftime they were still behind. Uh, and now that game came all the way down to a last-minute play as well. But I think that's kind of got to be your your idea is, you know, let's, let's pick your poison. Uh, you know, we're playing in Toronto. We're playing on grass. Do you try to shut down, mess them, and, and make them go through the air? Do you try to play? you know, and blitz him and, and try to get him off his point and try to hope that you can hand the ball off. What I think Ottawa will try to do is if they win the toss, I think they'll take the ball and try to make it a short first quarter. You know, when you think you might be out-talented a little bit or, you know, they might be the better team on paper, try to make it a three-quarter game. Try to get it, you know, to be if it's a halftime score where it's a close game. Remember, you know, years ago when the Riders and the – and the Stamps were playing in those playoff games, what made the maybe the talent level or made the, the records of the teams irrelevant was that those games would get to halftime and it was eleven to ten, it was ten to eight, it was a one score game. So I think if you're Ottawa, you want to kind of make the first half be sort of a shortened game, not let Calgary get in a rhythm on offense. Because I think if you see Calgary come out the gates and put points up early, it's probably gonna be a hard thing to stop very similar to last week when you saw the road team come in there and they were huffing and puffing, ready to go, and all of a sudden Ottawa's throwing points up on the scoreboard early. It got to be a very difficult game for the Edmonton Eskimos because they really became just one-dimensional, and on any given day, a one-dimensional offense is easy to beat. And then I think on the flip side, it's going to be the big plays. You know, like the two areas that both teams, I think, feel like they might be able to attack or if they are able to contain pressure on both sides of their lines, how big, play, you know, what kind of big plays can all those receivers make in one-on-one opportunities against DBs? If it's nicer weather and there's no, you know, wind and rain and snow, which seemingly isn't in the forecast, you got a lot of really good weapons on both sides of the ball, and then you have a veteran Calgary secondary, and you have an Ottawa secondary that's coming off, if not their best performance last week, one of their best performances of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Murphy, the assistant general manager of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, breaking down Grey Cup 104 for us. Interesting, Murph, that you mentioned, uh, you know, the coming out party for Bo was a couple of years ago when he was the Grey Cup MVP in that game in Vancouver, and of course, the Calgary Stampeders won. For me, the coming out party was a couple of years earlier in that 100th Grey Cup game. Even though you guys lost that game, uh, he came in late, and, and probably should have came in earlier, in my opinion, and and, and you could really sense that this guy did have some magic. Well, you know what? Chris Jones uh, you know, mentioned in that, has mentioned that many, many times, that you know, in the back of his mind he walked out of that game and that when Mitchell started to appear on the scene 
a year or two later, he always harkened back to that and said, boy, we might have been lucky that that kid didn't just start the second half of that game (laughs) because he just seemingly had something about him uh, that allowed him to make plays. And I'll take you to, you know, in a very similar scenario. I mean, it wasn't that we thought the Montreal team was that much better you know, than us going into that Grey Cup. It's in Montreal. Uh, The fans want Montreal to win. You know, every other team's fans were seemingly walking around in Montreal garb that year. You know, we're staying at a hotel where the block is completely got construction going on. You know, uh, family and friends are calling. You know, even Huff's mom is calling, you know, Huff two hours before the game saying no one can get from the hotel to the stadium. So everything that could be going on behind the scenes was going on to favor, you know, the home team or the, you know, the team that had the better record. And then Henry starts making plays with his legs in the second and third quarter, and that game flipped around and changed. I think the, the number one thing when you, that you hear this week so far and you've heard all season that just shows you what Dave has learned from the people that he's gotten the tutelage from is no matter what your record is, the final game, one team's finishing 1-0 and and one team's finishing 0-1. And for them to go there with that same presence, the same idealisms of, hey, it's not arrogant, it's not cocky, it's just confident, put in the work days, stay out of the streets, and understand that, hey, you're only going to get this opportunity, excuse me, so many times that you don't want to take this one for granted because 15-2-1 could turn into the worst season of your life that you remember if you don't finish it on Sunday. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest thing that from a from a standpoint of having gone into games as the overwhelming favorite several times in the past, you know, five or six years, the number one team that you have to overcome is yourself. And then the opponent is number two because up until kickoff, you're in control of you and yourself and your team. Yeah. Once kickoff comes, if you've given them a little bit of leeway if you give them a little bit of confidence, all of a sudden what you saw in that 100th kick Grey Cup was an early Calgary turnover, a big play by Chad Owens, a couple of missed opportunities that were field goals instead of touchdowns, and the Argos confidence level went up, and the Stampeder confidence level went down, and it was something that you were always chasing a play behind. You were always like one step behind instead of one step ahead. That's the biggest thing that between now and kickoff, if the Stampeders do what they've been doing all season, it becomes a very tough out for the Ottawa Red Blacks to win. But if Ottawa can make some plays early in the game, all of a sudden we're probably going to be sitting there for four quarters in our seats. Okay, let's assume the Calgary Stampeders win this game for a second. And I hate to assume, but if they do, then they cap off maybe the greatest season ever in the Canadian Football League. Would you agree with that statement? Well, outside of a group of guys that are probably – well, well, they're most mostly are all gone, <laughs> you know, before us. But uh, there was an undefeated Calgary Stampede. That's team, true. So they might, That's you know, true. They might have something. They might have something to say about that. But this is a really good team in the era of salary cap, in the era of people leaving, you know, uh, both on and off the field. You know, pun intended. You know, but to say that you know, in an eight-year period of time. Uh, that they're making another appearance in the Grey Cup. Uh, they've been able to do it with so many different guys, at quarterback, at running back, at defensive coordinator, now a second guy at head coach. I mean, it just speaks to the foundation that they've put together and what everyone else 
is looking to do and achieve. So uh, to me, like I said, uh, as this weekend as a fan, but also as somebody who loves to get anything I can get my hands on for motivation, I'd love nothing better for the team that's in our own division on our own side of the ball to go win a 15th or 16th game of the season so that one day we can just leave that in the record book and say, hey, you know, it's something to shoot for. It's something to aim for. It is possible to achieve that level of success in a season when there is free agency and there is salary caps and there is, you know, opportunities for coaches and staff and people to go their different ways. And I I think it it would have to be seen as in the last 50 years of the CFL, it would rank among probably the two or three best seasons, you know, historically ever. And, I mean, the Riders had one. To win a Grey Cup in your home city, to me, that's a historically valuable season. What BC was able to do, you know, in their runs, what Montreal was able to do in a 10-year period of time, those are historical, you know, valuable seasons, as with the Argos winning the 100th Grey Cup, uh, you know, at home. That's so, so I think so you're true. seeing this now. I mean, this is a, a a team that not only is built for you know this weekend, but this is also a team that's built for long term success. You know, down the road. So I mean, that that's a team to be reckoned with, uh, regardless of the result on Sunday. But in order to put themselves uh, with a chance to be called one of the greatest teams ever, you do have to finish the job on Sunday. Murph, as always, really appreciate your insight, and I will hopefully see you in Toronto. I know you're going to be doing some radio work in Toronto, so uh, thanks so much for your time tonight. Absolutely. All the American guys, uh, I wish I could tell you I'm enjoying a happy Thanksgiving, but uh, (laughs) this will be the first and last time I hope to spend Thanksgiving in the U.S. for the next couple of years. (laughs) There you go, Murph. Take care. John, Thanks, John Murphy, the assistant general manager, breaking down uh, of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, I should say, breaking down Grey Cup 104. we got to take a break. We're going to go to Toronto when we come back. Mark Stephen is there. He's the voice of your Calgary Stampeders. He'll fill us in what happened today. This is the home of the Calgary Stampeders. This is News Talk 770. Sports Talk with Jock. Weekdays from 630 to 8 p.m. on News Talk 770 Calgary. CHQR.